Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Thursday, April 1st, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen. What an exciting time of sports here. We've got opening day in Major League Baseball. We've got a great golf tournament taking place down in Texas. Our golfers are off to a great start. And of course, we have NBA today. We have a seven-game slate riding solo here today. Coach had a good night on FanDuel for us last night. Uh, such a good night that he's decided to take the rest of the weekend off and focus on uh, MLB. Uh, so I'm going to uh, ride solo here with you and have some fun. And what happened last night was his FanDuel lineup cashed despite having Drummond in the lineup. And what a disaster that was, his first appearance for the Lakers with that injury, uh, foot injury early in the third quarter, and he had to leave. And my lineups on FanDuel were great, except that the the GPP lineup had Drummond and Harden. And Harden, of course, left early and didn't return. So uh, that uh, sank those lineups. So we're going to see if we can find nine guys who can uh, go out and give us a full run today, avoid injury, and just play hoops and get it done for us. So we're going to go through this seven-game slate, one game at a time like we always do. By the way, speaking of coach, uh, my man, Coach Roy Williams, has announced his retirement, and it doesn't appear to be an April Fool's joke. Uh, so I just want to give a salute to him. I had the pleasure of meeting him way back in junior high school. I went to two summer basketball camps at the University of Kansas, a lifelong Jayhawks fan, and I really enjoyed meeting him and, and participating at his camp, and I've enjoyed watching him. Love his inten intensity, enthusiasm, and emotion that he pours into coaching. So uh, congratulations, Coach Williams, on an awesome career. All right, let's get after it here. We have seven games, and let's see how many teams, eight teams involved in a back-to-back -back out of 14, so just more than half. And we don't have any totals over 230 on betus.com.pa, our presenting sponsor. So let's just get into the 7 o'clock games. We have two of them, starting with Philly in Cleveland. Mr. Embiid is still out, a great former Jayhawk. And then on the Cleveland side, we have Windler, Doubtful, and Kevin Love, questionable to get back into the lineup. Nance and Allen have already been ruled out. So we'll get to those bigs in a minute, but let's start with the visiting team here, Philly. And they are the 9.5-point favorites. Low total of 210.5. We've got the slow pace of Cleveland. They're bad offense. They're dead last in the NBA. We've got the great defense of Philly. They're number two. So not a great game overall to target from my perspective. It's more about the value. On the Philly side, with Embiid out one more game here, do they go back to Mike Scott as the starter? They started Dwight last game against Jokic. I think there's a decent chance they'll go back to Mike Scott here, who played well in uh, in his recent performance. Even though he came off the bench, he hit value. And here's a fun stat for you. Do you know that in the last seven games, Mike Scott has attempted nothing but three-pointers? Everything outside the arc. So a little boomer bust potential on, on DraftKings with the three-point bonus. But if he starts, I'd like his opportunity to get 26, 28 minutes. Really good price on both sites, and he's a power forward on FanDuel. So Mike Scott is in the consideration for me. I think Tobias Harris could could easily smash here, but I don't know if I want to pay up into the mid-8,000s for him on this slate with a potentially lower-scoring game. 
Uh, same thing with Ben Simmons. So I, I'm probably not going to go to any of the the key offensive players for Philly. I'd probably just focus on the value of Mike Scott here. On the Cleveland side, it'll probably be similar. Uh, I like this spot for Hartenstein. Uh, he was great against Utah in the Stifle Tower. 5-14-7 in that spot start. He did well in our lineups, and he's uh, still power forward eligible on FanDuel, which I like at 4000 So that's a, a definite value spot here where we can pay down uh, in order to pay up for some, some of the other studs here on this slate. He's also right in the mix on uh, DraftKings at 3700 The Kevin Love situation. So he apparently practiced yesterday, and all indications are that he may play today. He's only played 12 minutes in 2021. Played a couple games there at the end of December, but then got hurt early in this calendar year. So he is really rusty, to say the least. So I'm not expecting much out of him. He is ultra cheap on FanDuel at 4200 but I don't plan to go there. I like these other power forwards a little bit better who've been playing. And then if he plays, that will likely limit the minutes a little bit of Dean Wade, who's been a nice value play for us. But I probably will pass on Mr. Wade if Mr. Love is playing. And I don't expect to roster the Cleveland guards against Ben Simmons and, and Danny Green at all. All right, game two. It's the other 7 o'clock tip on the East Coast. Washington at Detroit. Uh, the Wizards are three-point favorites. A little better total here, 222.5, thanks to Washington's number one pace in the NBA. And we've got the, you know, the, the bonus, so to speak, because the Wizards are playing, they've got that fast pace and bad defense. They're still 26th. So a little bit more attractive here in this one. And we do have big news on both sides here. We've got Mr. Beal questionable with that hip issue. Neto is also questionable. And then Gafford and Bertans have already been ruled out. On the Detroit side, I'm going to mark questionable on the guys who sat out last night in that blowout loss to Portland. Dennis Smith Jr., Ellington, Magruder, Domboya. So I'm going to break this game down as if those guys sit out again. Don't have any updated news on them yet here at lunchtime. But with the potential absences of Beal and Neto, we got to start talking about Russell Westbrook here. Obviously, he's the key figure. He has been absolutely smashing three straight monster triple-doubles. And he's been in the news in the last 24 hours in a real back and forth in the media with Stephen A. Smith. So, I mean, if you get Russell Westbrook without Beal, and he's obviously in this mode since All-Star break of ultra-aggressive, ultra-energetic, I mean, pile up the stats like nobody else in the NBA, and then you add in this public beef with Stephen A. Smith, I mean, you just can't get a more motivated guy than than Russell Westbrook in that situation. Detroit is one of the teams he just had a big trouble triple double against. And will we get an 80 or 90 point out output from Westbrook? Maybe not because Detroit does have that slow pace of 20 seconds. So you just don't get as many possessions. But you know, you gotta really feel like if Westbrook plays a normal allotment of minutes and doesn't get ejected or something because he's so fired up and and going nuts, then you're looking at like a 60-point floor, in my opinion. So 
it's a pretty solid five and a half, six X return on his big salary. So I plan to have Westbrook out there as a cornerstone in my lineup. And there is plenty of value on this slate on both sites. So I think you can afford him. A couple of the other guys on Washington are intriguing to me. Jerome Robinson gave us that six X plus return as a starter with Beal out getting healthy minutes well in the thirties. Denny Avdia is a good price still. And then Rui Hachimura, man, has he benefited from Beal's absence. The last two games, he has attempted 24 and 25 shots. And his price has finally crept up a little bit where you have to hesitate a little bit. And in that last matchup against Detroit, he struggled a little bit against that Jeremy Grant defense. Jeremy Grant defense. So he's not locked in for me, but he's, he's right in consideration for sure. Um, off the bench, the potential value plays would be Chandler Hutchinson or Robin Lopez, but not my favorite value plays on this slate. On the Detroit side, we did get that real mix of minutes with the guards that we were hoping we wouldn't get. Saban Lee played 20. Josh Jackson started and played 19. This is last night against Portland. Diallo came off the bench with 26 minutes. Corey Joseph, 28. He almost had a double-double. He has really played well in Detroit. Do we think he can do it again? He certainly can, but he's the kind of guy who can throw up a dud at, uh, at a moment's notice. So he's not my favorite value play here. Diallo, a little bit more expensive. And then how about the centers? They flipped it. Plumlee played 30 minutes last night, and Stewart only got 18. So what are we going to get tonight? Well, that's been pretty inconsistent with the minutes there. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Stewart would be in play for me here. Um, you know, Robin Lopez certainly has the size, uh, but Stewart has that youth and, and quickness where he can, he can be productive while he's out there. So he's in play for me, but not my favorite power forward on this slate. All right, let's go to game three. It's the first game of the TNT doubleheader, Charlotte against Brooklyn at 7:30. We have a 224 total. Brooklyn favored by three, but Mr. Harden left that game early yesterday with hamstring tightness, did not return, so he certainly has a question mark next to his name right now, as does Shamit, who hasn't played in a few games. We know that LaMarcus Aldridge is still out. On the Charlotte side, we've got Monk probable to get back in the lineup with a foot injury. Now, this one is the highest total on the board at 224. Really good game environment. Pace, 13th and 14th. Brooklyn still has the best offense in the uh, NBA in terms of efficiency. Charlotte, respectable at 15th. And then the defenses. Brooklyn still at the bottom, 24th. And Charlotte, not a whole lot better. They're, they're 18th. So this is my favorite game on the slate in terms of, of the game environment. Uh, if Monk plays, that will take the luster away from what I'd like to do here with Charlotte a little bit. And although it's great on paper with those numbers I just mentioned, it is a front end of a back-to-back -back for Charlotte. And that's important to me. If you look at the last couple front ends of back-to-backs for them, they've been a little bit conservative with minutes. Uh, one of them, there were starters who just played like 24, 25 minutes. That was a bit of a blowout. But even the, in the one before that, that was a closer game. They played right around 30, low 30 minutes. So I don't know if we'll get the big minutes we want from Charlotte. But because it is such a great matchup with Brooklyn, 
even if the starters only get 30 to 33 minutes, I really like the spot here for the, the key guys, Devontae Graham, Rozier, Hayward. They all have stepped up here recently. But again, if Monk plays, it takes away from them a little bit. If he doesn't, I think you could stack all three of them and feel pretty good about it. If you're going to look at one of the bench value guys with Charlotte, you got to look at guys named Cody, uh, not Martin, uh, not anybody named Martin, but anybody named Cody. Cody Martin is the one who's been playing a little bit more than his brother, brother Caleb. So he's in the mix. And then Cody Zeller, um, they split minutes last game. And, you know, at his price, you could you could roll him out there as a punt play at, at center. Uh, but I, I'm more interested in those starters for Charlotte who are going to dominate all the shots. And then on the Brooklyn side, you know, Kyrie really stepped up, had a great game last night against Houston when, when Harden was sitting there at the end. But do we pay up for him again? I don't think I will. I'd, I'd rather go with Westbrook here as a pay-up guard. And we've got some some solid defenders like Rogier. We also have you know, that average pace for Charlotte. So it's not it's not a crazy situation for Brooklyn. Um, maybe Kyrie sits since it's a back-to-back. We don't know. So I'm just not ready to lock him in here. I think it will depend on the news. Assuming Harden is out, uh, who else is going to start? Uh, do they maybe just bring Jeff Green out there? Or my man TLC, what happens with him? Uh, he's the he's the value play I'm looking at. Luwawu um, Cabarro. Because if Harden is ruled out early along with Shamit, he's the kind of guy who, whether he's starting or coming off the bench, can get 10-plus shots, and he's at a really great price on both sides. So he's my favorite value play here. Got to mention Joe Harris. Had a monster game last night. I have not liked playing him with Kyrie and Harden in the mix and or Durant. Uh, But he is still really cheap on FanDuel at 4,800. There are some other small forwards in that price range that I like. Uh, so I, I may not go there and just hope that he doesn't get, uh, you know, doesn't stay real hot. And I don't I don't plan to mix to, to mess with these bigs for for Brooklyn. Uh, Blake Griffin really trending in the right direction. Had a solid game last night. But if they're all playing and splitting minutes again, I'm going to go elsewhere. All right, let's turn to the eight o'clock games. There's two of those. First one is Golden State in Miami. 218 and a half total Miami favored by two and a half front end of a back-to-back for Golden State. They're in the the Florida swing here. They're going to play Toronto tomorrow. Uh, Second night of a back-to-back for Miami. They had that low scoring win over Indiana last night. And this is a borderline pass game, almost a complete pass game. And I'll, I'll tell you why we've got the slow pace of Miami. They're 27th, really good defense on both sides, both top 10, teams defensively the back-to-back situation these offenses are not group you know in the groove 22nd and 23rd uh so i'm 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 expecting a lower scoring game here Um, steph was excellent in his first game back from that tailbone injury really showing you know no signs of of an issue there got 30 minutes got over 30 points um but against miami uh, with that you know, slower pace, great defense. They'll mix in some zones. This is just not the situation where I, I want to pay up for him. And the rest of the starters played well for Golden State. Yeah, I was surprised that Wiggins did so well with Steph back in the lineup. 
But, uh, you know, just with those, the last two games I mentioned, Washington, Detroit, Charlotte, and Brooklyn, I don't want to pay up for these Golden State guys. Uh, Oubre would be the one guy, it's like, well, mid-6K range, if he's into it, could he pay that off? Certainly. Uh, but but I, I'm going to plan to fade those guys. The only price tag that got my attention a little bit, really, with Golden State was Wiseman on FanDuel at 4000 he is finally settled into a solid role here. Four straight games with between 25 and 29 minutes. Tough matchup against Bam, but you're getting almost 30 minutes out of him at 4,000. I think there's a real good chance he pays off value there. Um, on the Miami side, Victor Oladipo is expected to play tonight. So that'll be fun uh, for the Heat fans. And we've got a few of them as members so I'm I'm excited for that, but do we really need Oladipo to be added to the mix here with the Heat to try to figure out if we want to get any of these really talented guards out there on a nightly basis? None, Dragic, Hero. Uh, it's going to be crowded now. We don't know how crowded yet tonight because none is questionable. Um, but with Oladipo uh, in the mix... Uh, I just don't want to go to any of these key ball handlers. Again, there's one price tag that I'm kind of looking at on FanDuel. It's Dragic at 4,800. It is a back-to-back, uh, so again, I probably won't go there. But I'm curious to see what the starting lineup is going to be. We know that Bam and Butler and Robinson will be out there. Um, Coach Spolstra has maneuvered a little bit throughout the season with Nunn and Dragic, who's starting. Uh, so you figure one of those guys will be out there. But then with Oladipo, do you start him and go small at the four? Or do you leave somebody out there like Ariza? Maybe they mix and match depending on the opponent. But that's one of the things I'm going to look at here. Uh, because sometimes Miami will start a guy like Ariza who can be a value option. But for me tonight, this game is almost certainly going to be a complete pass unless I decide to pay down at center and go with Wiseman. All right, the next 8 o'clock game we have here is Orlando in New Orleans. And big, big news here. There's there's like one big piece of news in each game at least. And in this one, we've got Zion questionable. Apparently, he sprained his thumb. And then Lonzo Ball is still questionable with that hip issue. Uh, so what do we do here? Well, another lower total, 217.5. New Orleans favored by 9. Uh, slower pace here. These guys are both below average in pace. We do have the the bad defense of New Orleans. So you think, all right, well, let's look at Orlando here. Uh, and they've got all these new guys. Is there some value that we can look at? I don't really think so. I don't like Orlando tonight. They went 11 deep in that last game against the Clippers, which was a win, by the way. Kind of surprising they were able to pull that one out. But 11 deep with a lot of guys just playing mid-20s minutes. And all their prices have gone up. So it's not like you get an ultra cheap uh, starter. Uh, so it's that that sort of has gone, gone by the wayside. And guys like Bacon took a big hit in minutes with Ross back and Michael Carter-Williams back and starting. Okiki's been solid, but he's, he's getting pricier now. You've got guys who are talented and, you know, several years of experience now coming off the bench like, Otto Porter Jr. and and uh, Wendell Carter Jr. So I just don't like the mix there 
uh, and what they're doing here with their minutes now that Ross is back. And he's, he's still too expensive for me. So I'm going to pass on Orlando. With New Orleans, let's see if Zion and Lonzo are playing. If they are playing, I will probably fade both of them and potentially all of, uh, all of New Orleans. If they're both out, Nikhil Alexander-Walker is in play for me. Uh, I like his price on both sites. Shooting guard eligible on FanDuel, which is nice. And then Ingram is going to be a consideration here. Uh, if those guys are out, he should dominate and, and get a bunch of shots up and have the, the offense typically run through him. He's at a reasonable price tag. Not a great game environment, so it's not probably not a lock and load, but borderline uh, if both of those guys are out. He's really going to be a, a key figure to consider. If if Zion and Ball are out, the other question is, here's another team. What are they going to do with the starting lineup? Do they elevate a guy like Josh Hart? Or do they leave Hart coming off the bench where he's just terrific with his energy? I mean, 15-15 and 15 last game against Boston off the bench? That guy is an animal with, you know, tracking down rebounds. I mean, just love the way he plays. Uh, so he's in play for me. Uh but do they go with a spot start for somebody like James Johnson or Wes Awundu? I think there's a decent chance they would do that. I don't think I'm going to go to either one of those guys, though. If they Even if they start, uh, they could hit value, of course. But I just like some of the other uh, value guys at those positions around that same price. So even if Zion and Ball are out, I'm probably just going to focus on Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Ingram, Hart potentially, or my man Kyra Lewis Jr., uh, still a good price, uh, and he could be another low-owned GPP option. All right, two games left. We have Atlanta in San Antonio. They're on the front end of a back-to-back. They're going to play New Orleans tomorrow. San Antonio on the second night of a back-to-back. Comfortable win over Sacramento last night. 221 total here. Atlanta only favored by one. And we have Atlanta with that slower pace, but uh, below average defense. Uh, And San Antonio sort of middle of the road across the board. So kind of an average game environment, I would say. And we do have significant news again here. It is 2021. So that's how we that's how we roll. We have John Collins out. Uh, So that's big. We have DeAndre Hunter questionable once again and Lou Williams questionable. Uh, still hasn't made his debut here for Atlanta. On the San Antonio side, Gorgie Jang, questionable. He left the last game with a right shoulder injury last night, did not return. So even if he plays, I'm not going to go there. His right shoulder is pretty important for, for his game. And then Lonnie Walker is questionable to get back out there. So on the Atlanta side, uh, well, we got to start with Bogdan. I mean, once again, let's celebrate that 37-minute Glorious performance, 22-4-6, where he got an 11x return for us on FanDuel. And what does FanDuel do? They turn around and leave him at the same price, 4200 I don't understand it. Uh, it's like a, a tug-of-war there. Uh, man, I just don't, un- I just don't understand it. Um, 11x, if I was in charge of that algorithm, I think I would bump him up at least a little bit. They haven't done that. 
Uh, is he going to get 11x? Probably not. Um, but he's really worth considering. It's a price that it's hard to, to pass up. Again, 37 minutes. Uh, and, you know, if Hunter is out again, if Lou Williams is, is out again, I don't see why he gets less than 30. If Lou Williams plays, that could change things quite a bit. Uh, so not a lock and load, but uh, squarely in the mix for me. Trey Young, don't know if I'll get there. The ceiling games haven't been there recently, so I like some of the other more expensive guards. Uh, if if Hunter and Williams are out along with Collins, then there are going to be more minutes to be had here. Gallinari could get a little bit of bump. Um I have a feeling Coach would be interested in him. He can certainly smash uh, when he's really kind of running that second unit when the offense is going through him. Here's my sleeper, though, for Atlanta. It's Nathan Knight. This is a guy who, when he's gotten 20 minutes or more, he has been excellent. Really great energy, uh, athletic, skilled for a backup big. Uh, minimum price on both sides. So he's in the mix for me as a as a long shot here with John Collins out. And then on the San Antonio side, complete pass. Not going to mess with the the pop crew here on the second night of a back-to-back against a slow-paced Atlanta team. You know, they're fine price tags for guys like DeJounte Murray, DeRozan. They could certainly smash if they get 30 minutes, but I just don't want to invest in those guys on this slate, so I'm going to pass. All right, last game of the night. Before we get there, just want to invite folks to join us tonight. It's, I mean, you can't get a better time to join the family than right now here at the beginning of April with uh, baseball starting up today. Our man Josh Davis is finalizing his lineups, and uh, I can't wait to, to get those and plug those in on, on FanDuel and use his coach's clipboard on DraftKings. Coach is going to be involved in the baseball as well um, multiple times per week, so that'll be a lot of fun. And obviously, golf is is uh, no better time to to be participating in DFS with the Masters coming next week and NBA cruising along here in the second half. So uh, go to DFSCoachTalk.com. Grab a three-day pass if you want to check us out this weekend and then decide if you want a longer-term membership. Uh, we'll get you right into our Discord if you sign up at DFSCoachTalk.com with an email, and we'll give you the lineups for all these different slates, all these different sports, about 20 minutes before lock. Any questions, by the way, just hit us up on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. All right, last game of the night here, Denver and the Clippers. The second uh, second game here in the TNT doubleheader, 10 o'clock Eastern, the lone late game, and it's a 220.5 total. Denver, the fighting Joe Stanton's, favored by 1.5 against those 32-17 and 17 Clippers, who are once again going to be without Paul George, Pat Beverly, Ibaka and Rondo. We also have Marcus Morris questionable. So Clippers not at full strength, not even close. And Denver just missing Monte Morris. So that's why you've got Denver favored here, of course. And Jokic, he's the other big stud here on this slate. Uh, do we pay up for him? I think you can with all this value, especially on, on FanDuel. Didn't do quite as much in that last game against Philly. Shots were down a little bit. Uh, you know, it was a slower pace game in terms of the overall p- possessions and lower scoring. And we have Aaron Gordon out there, uh, you know, muddying the water a little bit. But uh, Jokic, um, you know, on this type of slate with all the value, squarely in the mix for me. 
Jamal Murray was awesome against Philly. Um, do we go there again? Well, without uh, Beverly, Rondo, you know, these these crafty veterans on the defensive end, he could certainly do it against the likes of Reggie Jackson. Uh, so not going to rule him out, but it's not my favorite game on the slate here. And I don't plan to go to any of the other Denver guys. Uh, Aaron Gordon is still ultra cheap on FanDuel for his potential, but he's still fighting to get 24 minutes and uh, get much usage here in this offense. He has really been eased into it, and they're not you know, relying on him for much yet at this point. On the Clipper side, uh, you 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 may get a nice tight rotation here, like we've seen recently with all these guys out. Jackson, Kennard, uh, the starters that I'm projecting here, Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, Kawhi Leonard, Batum, and Zubats. And then Mann, Terrence Mann, those are the six guys who I think are pretty solid locks to get you know, right around 30 minutes at least. The price tags have gone up a little bit for these value guys. But a one-off is is fine in my book. Uh, Batum, uh, the reason I like him a little bit if Marcus Morris is out is that looking at the matchups, I think there's a good chance Aaron Gordon will defend Kawhi, which will leave Michael Porter, more Porter Jr. likely to defend Batum. We know that's Porter Jr.'s biggest weakness. So I think Batum could get get free for a few three-pointers and, and maybe the occasional offensive rebound. So there's a value play I kind of like here in this slate. But there's a good chance I may just pay up for Jokic, hope that the offense continues to run pr- primarily through him, and he does his thing against Zubats, who is not not the strongest defender. So may just have to save a spot for Jokic in the late-night hammer game here and uh, hopefully finish off some strong winners. So that will wrap up the seven-game slate here. I certainly appreciate you tuning in with me. And uh, look forward to uh, continuing here our streak seven days a week in NBA. So if you like what you've heard, please do subscribe on YouTube to our channel. Uh, hit that thumbs up and give us some a positive feedback wherever you're listening. Uh, we, we do appreciate that. So, um, yeah, any other questions, just reach out to us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. You can find me at Language Olympic. You can find the coach at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. So love to have you in Discord with us. Looking forward to a great weekend. And good luck with your lineups tonight. We'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS.